Yeah, man, like I say, man, first of December, you know, I do want to give a shout out to everybody who is tuned in right now. Everyone that is, uh, everyone, everyone that is, everyone, everyone that is, uh, that is, uh, tuned in right now, I really want to appreciate it. And, uh, shout out, like I say, man, y'all know where to check this, uh, this show out, this show X out live right here, man, 760-454-1118, that is the number tonight. We just get situated, you know what I mean? It's going to take a minute once we get rocking and rolling. That's how we doing it. That way, it's boy Rod Funk, we in the building. Little baby, my trip, and we'll be back. Just a little crazy here. Crazy. Look at my drip, my drip, my swag. 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 I came from rags and riches. I fought the bad bitch. I came from rags and riches. I fought the bad bitch. Look at my drip, my drip, my swag. 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 I came from rags and riches. I fought the bad bitch. I came from rags and riches. Talk, I can put you on Hundred bags of gas, get them gone Made a couple digits off a phone Ditch me, I won't put you in a song All my youngest put in work They gon' put you on a shirt The last nigga got murdered I prayed about it at church All I think about is drink and serve I been getting faded, popping perks All my diamonds water, you can serve Porsche 911, it's a verse Oh, they doing that, I did it first Fuck it, give me 10 for a verse Nightmares, I'ma be the worst All my problems, put them in a hearse Fuck a good about a bitch a purse Eat the pussy, blame it on the perk Nigga, you was rapping, you a church I was really trapping, nigga, sir Quarter million, put it in the air Go a call me, told me that it dead Rich nigga, rockin' mine, clear Change the plans, I ain't playing fair Look at my drip, my drip, my swag. 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 I came from rags and riches. I fought the bad bitch. I came from rags and riches. I fought the bad bitch. Look at my drip, my drip, my swag. 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 I came from rags and riches. I fought the bad bitch. I came from rags and riches.
You're up. And we back, man. We back. We are live. We are rolling, man. Shots out the little baby. QC, man. Quality control. That's what's going on. You dig what I'm saying, man? Atlanta's just really doing their thing right now with the with the whole artist wave, the music wave, man. And, you know, um, it's a lot of artists all over making a lot of noise, you know, making a lot of, uh, what's that word? They say headway. Yeah. Making a lot of headway. One of these artists goes by the name of Joyner Lucas, who this week he dropped a a very, I guess we could call it controversial. We would say it's a very controversial video, song, whatever the case. Maybe though, I feel like it was uh it was very very creative. Number one, visual visual side. You know what I mean? Very creative though. So for those that have seen the video, the shit just went bonkers. Like literally, right when it dropped, like I think five million in like two three days, like going crazy. He actually ended up on CNN. Like, I think, like, the next day, you know what I'm saying? So, definitely good marketing at the end of the day for what it's going to bring. But, like, if he genuinely had the message and was trying to, you know, talk about something, trying to teach something at the same time, then definitely, man, double salute to Jordan Lucas. Now, what we're going to do is play a little snippet of this particular track for those that may not have, have heard it. So, in the video, it's a white guy and it's a black guy. And both of the verses are from both point of views. So the white guy is rapping from the white guy's point of view, and the black guy is rapping from the black guy's point of view. And it's like they're having a conversation uh, in a room or whatnot. So like I say, man, real dope visual. I'm going to play a quick little snippet, man, let y'all hear what's going on, man, and we'll talk about that, man. Jordan Lucas, I'm not racist. With all due respect, I don't have pity for you black niggas. That's the way I feel. Screaming black lives matter or the black guys rather be deadbeats than pay your bills. Yelling nigga this and nigga that. Call everybody nigga and get a nigga mad. As soon as I say nigga, then everyone react. Wanna swing at me and call me racist cause I ain't black. We'll pound that then. Talking about slavery like you was around back then. Like you was picking cotton off the fucking ground back then. Like you was on the plantation getting down back then. Alright. Look. I see a black man aiming his gun. But I'd rather see a black man claiming his son. And I don't mean just for one day and you done. I mean... You still trapped in a rut. And I work my ass off and pay my taxes for what? So you can keep living on free government assistance, food stands for your children, but you still trying to sell them for some weed and some liquor or a fucking babysitter while you party on the road because you ain't got no fucking goals. You already late. You... So, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 man. That was, uh, that was a snippet from Jordan Lucas. I am not racist. That was a snippet from Jordan Lucas. I am not racist, man. So yeah, man. Please call in, like I say, man. With your thoughts, with your thoughts on that, though. Um, my take, my take on it was like, I would have to say, like, I, like, I know he most definitely touched a nerve, but I would say this though. I would say that the conversation that he was having, the conversation that he was trying to have, like these are actual conversations that are being had, like throughout. Throughout the nation, pretty sure that there are white people that feel, uh, they feel that way, and obviously, you know, there are black people that feel that way about the other side. So, I think what people can misinterpret is what his whole goal is. I don't think he was doing this to necessarily start any type of like conflict. More than what we already have, I don't think he was 
pouring gasoline on a fire that's really already fueled by racism. I think he was just speaking out, pointing out on something. And a lot of times that make people uncomfortable. You got to think Kaepernick pretty much had the same effect just by him kneeling uh, and protesting against police brutality. Now, I would say this. Next, I ask you, what what are your thoughts on what you just, just heard? And I know you saw the full video before before we did the show, but what's your thoughts on it? Well, at the end of the day, I think it needed to be done, it needed to be said to open up eyes, regardless of uncomfortability. Whenever we get uncomfortable, that means we start thinking. If we're not, if we too comfortable, we're not thinking. And sometimes we need to get uncomfortable to remember what the hell is going on and to open up eyes on both sides of whatever race you are. And also to look inside itself. I mean, if you're using the system to get up for a great, greater purpose, I had no problem with it. If you're using the system because you're really hurt and you need to get up, I had no problem with it. I just have a problem with people not trying to get up, period, regardless if it's on the system, not on the system, hustling, grinding, working, nine to five. Get yours and move on. Simple. And they need to open up eyes on both sides. Yeah, and I think the main thing he was doing, uh, really speaking also, too, from what he was saying from, like, the white side, is mainly just us, us being held uh, accountable. A lot of times for the shit that we may that uh that uh we may do. And at the same time, like that accountability, that's what makes black people uncomfortable. Is like when we have to hold ourselves accountable. So I knew that was gonna strike a nerve in some because like I'm like, well you gotta watch the whole video. That's why I knew it was appropriate for him to come with both sides. If he didn't do that, well obviously it would look very one sided one sided and it would look real biased amongst him. And he's black. So I highly doubt he would do that. But at the same time he was saying what was what was real and the reason for why some white people may think like that. And, I mean, because we obviously, we got evidence of that. I mean, we, we can look at some of these NFL owners. We can look at some of these NBA owners. Look at some of these CEOs, the billion-dollar companies. Pretty much, they all have a certain thoughts about us. They all have a certain outlook of the way black people are. And then for us, it's the same way. We kind of judge based off of what we know, what we think, what we suspect, kind of what we uh are kind of conditioned to kind of get from white people in a sense, and also from the system. So, yeah, man, that's out to Jonah Lucas. Like I said, I feel like that was bold, but I feel like it was dope. It was something that needed to be said. Like you say, at, at the end of the day, everything is not meant to be comfortable. Everything is not meant to be sweet. Everything is not, you know, that's just, I don't think that's the right way of going about shit. But, like, you have to be real in a sense, and we have to talk about Certain issues. And the only way to do that is, you know, uh, speaking on it, you know, at the end of the day. And not really focusing on, well, how can I say this to make sure I appease? Just really say what the truth is, man. So, yeah, man, shout out to Jordan Lucas for that, man. Also, man, I want to give a shout out, go over to the sports world real quick, man. Shout out to all the UGA fans, man. You know, SEC Championship tomorrow, taking on Auburn. You know, I believe that that's at 3.30 p.m., if I'm not mistaken, CBS or whatnot, man. So, shots out to UGA, man. You all know who I'm a fan of. But we're not going to sit here and do any hate, any dry hating tonight. You know what I mean? Shots out to them Florida Gators. But we're not going to do any hate. We're not going to uh, rain on anyone's parade. So, shots out to all of the Bulldog fans, all the UGA fans. Yeah. And, uh, now, I can't say this, though. At least it ain't Alabama. I, I can 
confidently say that. Like, it's a relief. At yeah. least. That's hating. That's hating. But that's fine. Because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who's sick and fucking tired of seeing Alabama. You know, like, Alabama had that effect that the boys had in, like, in, in like the the uh, 90s. You know what I mean? Like. UGA do too, though, bro. And, you know, I'm. No, no, no. Bama is really like. Belmont is really like a dynasty. Like, Belmont is the equivalent of a professional team that has won championships. It's like a dynasty. It's like the Bulls in the night. True. But, you know, I'm an Atlanta Falcons and Hawks hater. But one thing I do respect is Atlanta college football. Oh, my. Yo, if anybody is taking over Alabama or could do it, the only people I have faith in is Atlanta. Yeah, and then this one thing I want to speak on too, though. Like, you know, we always talk about bandwagon fans. So, I like I would I would I would I would love to say like anybody from Georgia, like if if, if you running around screaming whole time, I, I like I I cannot respect it. I know for a fact that you're a bandwagon fan. This is why I have to point it out about them. Because they are so gung ho about being road tie fans. It's not like they be the casual, you know, you the casual guy from Atlanta. You just like Alabama. They have the flags, they have the hoodies, they have the shirts, and they talk a ton of shit. And I'm sitting here like, well, you wasn't for Alabama start winning. This is a fact. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy how. So I, that's what I'm saying. Like it's one of them teams. Like college teams don't really do that. Pro teams do that. The Lakers do that. The Yankees do that. Uh, you see what I'm saying? They just this is prestige, you know what I mean? We don't have high school football, college football, excuse me, college football teams that we really bank on. No, we got ball for college. But when it comes to football, the South got it. And I'm from Brooklyn, and I'm going to admit that. Yeah, South Brooklyn, got football. We ain't got that. And you know we talk shit from New York, right? But I'll give it to the South, and especially Atlanta. Not just one team, not two teams. Not three teams. Even down to high school. Atlanta, I'm rooting for you. I live here, home team, like home team radio, like it's funky and stinking like that. I'm with you. All but, the way. But and and like and like and like it's you know, like with uh I mean, but yeah, like at the end of the day, you know, that most certainly when it comes to Alabama, they have the biggest biggest bandwagon fan. Still like the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? But that like but that 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 goes to credit to them though. It just goes to show like how good you could be. Plus they don't have a pro team in Alabama. Like that's really all they got is like the colleges, Alabama and Auburn. It's literally like those two if you raise in Alabama. So yeah, man, shots out, like I said, man, that's what's going on. The model, the SEC, you know, like I said, the strongest conference uh conference. It's the most dominant conference in college football, man. So yeah. That's what's going on. The model, three thirty PM. CBS, man. Also, man, let's go ahead and talk about our president, man. Uh, that guy, man, that orange-haired guy, man, Mr. President Donald Trump himself. He uh, he always tend to make waves. This is a fact. Always tend to just say some shit that's out of line. This is a fact. He's been doing it before he was president. He was doing it while he was trying to become president. He's damn sure doing it while he is president. So we'll definitely get into that when we get back from another break, man. We're going to go ahead and take it up to North Carolina what? one time, man. Ron Beatty. 
is in the building, man. So shout out to Ron Bailey. Ron Bailey always come through with these classics, man. Please don't leave it the joint we're about to play. We'll get back talking a little bit about Trump, a little bit more news, man, and bring on a special guest, Chris James. Make sure you follow him at Chris James Journey on the Instagram, man. Poet speaker, man. Got a lot to talk about tonight. Ron Bailey, North Carolina. Please don't leave. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. The man upstairs got a different plan for me, maybe. Hell, what do I know? What I do know is I'm out for the money, daily, for survival. Every day, 6 a.m. in the morning, scratch jobs, trying to hit a lot, or get free. And for the right amount, niggas change the change. Rods, cars, I'm arranging things. Don't lose self for the fame, man. Don't lose yourself. Don't lose You want to know something, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. If I ever have kids, then I don't live till I'm pops, which is trying to get free. People say you free. Now you all in my face So you don't understand Baby, all that it takes I keep a hot 16 Like it's August 8 With the sun out Niggas talking about it Let with a blunt out Why you always come around Take the fun out I'm just trying to see A thousand hands in the stands When I run out Is that too much to ask you? Grammar noodles Fucking paying voodoo pants too Jen of the rats And I'm taking out a trans too Trying to lay up Paid up in a cast suit And you don't really have to run Go ahead and play it full of shit once again. 
and uh, we'll go ahead and pull the curtain back. But I just want to thank you. This is a clip. You're very, very special people. You were here long before any of us were here. Although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. They call her Pocahontas. But you know what? I like you because you are special. Now, mind you, this was in a room full of Native Americans. That is the scenario. That is the setting. It, that is what he said. You see what I'm saying? So, yo, man, like, it's that go to show where we at as a nation and probably where we headed. My thing, okay, how could you be this ignorant, though? We talked about this before the show. Like, how the hell could anybody be that ignorant, bro? That's why I'm telling you. Like, like I really think, like, people are telling him to say some shit like this. You said it's real, though. You said, no, I think that's probably the way. I'm like, but some stuff just be so far out, bro. It's like. It's so far out, it has to be real, bro. That's what's scary, though. He's been talking shit before he was the president, like you said. <laughs> so think about that shit. Right. If he was talking that wild, wild shit in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Teens come around. That's four. That's four. That's four decades, bro. That's ten. Yeah. Ten, ten. And so you know, people are just like completely offended all over, and they got every right to be. Because I mean, and like you say, I mean, it's not the first thing he said about just that particular, you know, what I mean, group. I mean, look what he said about Mexicans. Look what he said about blacks. Look what he said about women. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the president of our country. So I just you know I, I just want to drop off another another sound bite about but but what do you what what's your whole take about like in general like um because like would you say it's fair to say that Trump is a representation of white America? No. Right. So you you like you couldn't generalize white America just based off of the shit that he say. Honestly. Right. That that Trump is too hilarious for me to say. Is part of white America. Everything else prior, everything even going on, still, everything going on period is part of white America, regardless. There's a, there's always something in the backhand, regardless of what we see going on in the media and and you know the propaganda of what our own country wants us to see or right. other countries or whatever it is. But you know, so it's always going to be to that to that effect. That's what I'm thinking, but. Right now, I think he's just a hoax, and we put him there. We put him there, either yeah. not voting or voting, not voting or voting for him. At the end of the day, right, right, right. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so, you know, for me, like, that's why I always say, you know, it's just about like the knowledge, the knowledge and shit that you that you have. That's important. You know, you, you try to know something, like, and try to teach. Try to teach something too. Try to teach whatever it is that you find out that you know. And at the end of the day, trust in trust in what you see. You think that's better? Like trust in trust in what you see at the end of the day, versus then what what you may hear or what you what you may be told. Yeah, it's like it's like reading is not looked at uh, the same. Like I said, I ain't even that old. But I can remember, hell, reading was important. Like, like my grandma and she, I mean, one, because she was a teacher. 
but she made it long. Like you finna read. Like that's just what it is. Before you go outside and do play, pick up any bite balls, your ass gonna pick up a book. You gonna read. You know what I'm saying? So like you feel like they're being pushed. You a parent? I'm not really a parent right now. So like I can't really instill that into nobody right now. But that's something that you do. I agree and I disagree with you. Right. And and real talk, you do it every day when we get on this show. That's why we got this show. To get out there to the masses for people to talk and congregate and and start speaking and questions. Right. We might not have all the right answers or the wrong answers, but it's about questioning. Yeah, that's 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 my whole thing. Like you say, that was really one of the main purposes for even Doing this show and even just driving the show. Number one, I like to fucking talk. So you you take someone that likes to talk, well, that's already he's already in there that way just because of hell. You give him a platform to talk. Then if you say, well, you know what, we can actually discuss certain things. We can actually talk about something. And at the end of the day, we'll probably disagree. We'll agree on certain things. But we'll be finding out. We'll be learning. We'll be growing. We'll be understanding. You know what I mean? And that's just what I see. We don't have enough of. We don't have enough. Discussion. I say this probably every time we talk about it, but it's true though. I just feel like we don't talk enough. When, when, and like when I say we, I am kind of specifically saying black people, my people. I don't think we have enough for the right conversation. We we talk a lot of shit, but do we have enough of uh, the right conversation? You know what I'm saying? So it's like that. That and I feel like, like you say, that is healthy at the end of the day. And I want to uh, give a shout out to everyone that has came on the show and uh, has joined in. As a guest, listener, uh, whatever the topics may have been, like I say, all the artists that came in. And also, if you do want to come on the show for an interview, any uh, promotion, any ads, email me at funkyent at gmail, P-H-U-N-K-Y-E-N-T at gmail, and we'll get right back with you. You know what's going on, man. Or they can hit me up at L-I-N-K-Z, the number 8-I-G, or L-I-N-K-Z, 8-Up, Facebook, or just call me, 917 917- Two zero one nine eight seven eight. All right, cool. So yeah, man, we we live. We right here rocking and rolling, man. We finna go ahead and bring on our special guest, Chris Giant. Let's go ahead and get into another track real quick. Which one you want to go, man? I think I want to go to the old school, old school real quick, man. We'll go ahead and go into an old school joint. We'll do that, and like I say, man, we'll be back right here with Chris Giant, man. This is cool. <laughs> Yeah, baby girl, you know how it's going down. 2003, do or die. Champion, twist. Well, what I heard a knock at the door. Must have been a girl in the middle on the low. She real thin, nice, thick, back off. Had a few ears, so we head for the show. Afterward, we hit the mo mo mo. Can't stay clear in the expo. I'm a city shop, had a mix to the flow. Yeah, natural, never walk from the stove. Give me a minute and get down with a pro. D I M P P O. Get a few friends like the party for show. We can hit a tune like my home and Devo. Keep a sport man called SCA Platinum link, all in the fact I can fake it, but I'm a bad boy tech Put my truck, don't swap, I hop in the lap Baby got back, but I'm trying to relax B-L-A-Y-E-R Giving her eyes that we head to the bar Never get the money, cause you know she'll star Cause you wanna ride in my car Do you? Do you? Do you? Twist me like Jordan on the Do you? 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 Do you?
y'all Like to be if it's stretch out Can I address and relax y'all Well, stretch out like a sex ball If it's that round To the chest with the rim Like a slug with your best off Let me touch it if it's that soft And relieve a little menopause I can't believe how they spin them all To the number in the minimal Been a grin about to spin them all Just balling, shot, shot, calling Holla at my dog while they sipping alcohol And really wanna kick it But they all just stalling Six down pieces Checking them a pausing They looking like ooh, he flossing Baby girl, I don't do this often In the five double low for sure But still riding cat like slam the door Suppose I kick back, kick the flow Dance to a press and flex the hoe Check the door Follow you and go and check out your work. You have the floor. 
Okay, cool beans, man. Uh, so for those who are listening, I'm Chris James uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, now based in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'm a TED Talk speaker, national award-winning spoken word poet, uh, a playwright, author, and um, TED Talk speaker, all that good jazz. Um, yeah, man, so I'm, I'm, you can follow me on my Instagram at Chris James Journey. Uh, the website is the chrisjamesjourney.com. But if you put in Chris James Journey in, in any search engine, I can be found. Hey, man, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. So you say you're from Little Rock uh, initially, right? Yeah, so I, I, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, born and raised. Been here in Atlanta uh, four months now since July. Okay, okay. So you haven't really been down here long, because that was the next question I was going to ask you, how long you've been in Atlanta. So that's what's up, man. And uh, let me ask you, for those that may not be familiar with TED Talks or whatnot, can you explain exactly what TED Talks is? Oh, man. So TED Talks is a speaking platform uh, where they bring some of the most creative and innovative speakers uh, around the world, uh, and they speak about ideas, and uh, and their own philosophy, safe experience in life. Um, yeah, man. So TED Talks, it happens all around the country. You know, you have TED Talks China, you have TED Talks right. New York, you have TED Talks Arkansas, TED Talks. Uh, I think it was one that just happened in Atlanta. Uh, so there are conferences right. that conferences that happen about uh, two to three days, um, and you know, people such as. Um, Man, anybody you can think of has done a TED talk. Uh so it's 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 a great platform uh for speakers and uh innovative creative people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I've and I've heard about it myself and I can tell that it's growing because um like even when I first saw it I didn't have much knowledge about it, but I have just continuously just been seeing it. You know, it may be an ad here, maybe an ad there. So I actually checked it out myself and I saw that like you said it had speakers from pretty much all over, man. So yeah, man, that's a dope. That's a dope platform. Let me ask you, uh, because I know I know some of the things that we're getting to tonight or whatever. What what are some of uh, I guess like the consistent topics that you usually tend to bring on TED Talks, or do you change it up each uh, time? Uh, what's up? Well, so usually uh, when you do a TED Talks, you only do it one time. Uh, but when I did do it uh, in 2015. I talked about how I overcame the odds and created a career out of art. Um, and that's okay. pretty much like my, my overall message anyway. I'm always, uh, everything I do with my artwork, with my poetry, with my stage plays, is all about identifying your odds against you, your struggles, and creating ways to overcome those struggles and those odds that are against you. Right, 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 right. And I definitely see that you are into poetry, man. Uh, Shouts out to the poetry and tear shirts. You know what's going on, man. Poetry, like how oh, yeah. how important is uh how important is poetry to you though, and how long have you been involved in it? Man, uh, poetry is very important to me. Uh, number one, you know, I I make my living doing it. So uh, so if I didn't do poetry, yeah, I couldn't yeah. see these five kids I got. Uh, and um, man, uh, it's important. Secondly, because I, I, it's a therapy, man. Uh, I'm really big on mental illness and mental health, um, and I go into schools across the country and I work with young people, uh, teaching them how to um, effectively 
express themselves to create a writing through poetry, uh, through rap, through theater, uh, through any kind of writing, uh, so they can talk about those right. things that they've probably had hadn't had the opportunity to talk about before. Um, you know, um, so man, so I've seen firsthand, you know, ten year old kids, you know, write poems about things that they've been experiencing and cry the entire time while reading it. Uh, because these young people are dealing with things, uh, so I think it's, it's 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 very important, man. Because again, it's free therapy, man, and it, and it really helps to heal people more than we know. Right, right. And by you working with uh, you know, like the younger people, the youth or whatnot, what, like, how does how does it affect them? Like, are they as accepting or receiving of just the whole thought of poetry? Like, and oh, I, man. I guess I'm asking, are they more I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. I just wanted to clarify the question. I'm guessing what I'm asking you is that, like, are they more accepting of it and receiving of it more than what you thought, like, more than kind of what you expected? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Well, I always expect them to be uh, a little bit reserved when they hear, Mm -hmm. uh, this dude, Chris James, is going to come to my class and teach us poetry. Yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, I go into school again. I go into schools all across the country, and I work with kids from you know from poverty-stricken communities. I work I work in schools a number of rich white kids. I work in every type of school, and it's always the same response when I go in, like ah, oh, poetry or whatever. But when they but when they hear it from the perspective of this black dude who who talk who talk with a little slang and and he and, and I'm kind of hip and all of this, and then when they hear my my spoken word. And it sounds a lot like music, like hip hop, and they like, oh man, that's dope, bars. Oh, he he's spitting, you know. And then they like, oh, right, man, right. I, then at that point they realize that poetry ain't just this this boring thing that old white old dead white men do, you know. Because a lot of people, all, many people had this perception that poetry is just this when it ain't. Poetry is hip hop. Poetry is R and B. Poetry is you know, rock and roll poetry is a is a whole lot of different levels of creative writing. Uh, so when I spoke, when I exactly. exposed that to the youth, they were like, "Oh man, I want to do it too," you know. So yeah, they usually love it by the end, by the time I'm done uh, working with them. Yeah, and I think the influence of it uh, is is starting to pick up too, because like you say, by pretty much music being a form of poetry, like we know the influence that rap has. So at the end of the day, you know. Uh, we may say, well, yeah, we want to be rappers, but we kind of saying at the same time, we also want to be poets. You see what I'm saying? And it's it's uh it's allowing us to be to be creative. So yeah, like that is important for like you know to you to have that type of influence, especially coming from you know somebody like you. Link's got a question uh, uh for you. So, question: If you had any words of endearment, you know, words to to motivate these children, even adults out here, people, period, general, male, female, black, white, whatever you are, to come out of their shell and share their experience. Some people have poetry, but they keep it within themselves. What would you you Mm. say to them to say, hey, express yourself. It's okay. How would you, how would you motivate these people to say, you know what, it's okay to come outside your shell? Man, um, that's that's a really good question, um, man. So I I believe and think, you know, the first step that I, I feel like many people in the, in the world have experienced some type of trauma 
or they're going through something, rather, or they've, they've been depressed, they've been sad, they've been hurt, they've gone through something, and they haven't let it go yet. And um, and I believe, the first, you know, and, and we always say this, the first step to healing is admitting that you're hurt, that, you're go- that, you, that you have a problem, that something is wrong. And once you get that out, then you can begin the healing process. Uh, so, I, so I think, so I would tell anybody um, who, who is, who's written a poem or who is a poet or who, who has gone through something to get it out, to let it go so you can get over and get through what you've been going through. You know, don't stay stuck in that space. Um, and right. also I would say, you know, your what you've been through and what you've experienced is not, it, it helps more than just you when you speak about it. You know, we see it right now. You know, all it's become popular now. You know, for people to speak about these sexual assaults that are happening, because now people feel safe, and 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 also people are speaking out not only for themselves, but they realize that it's helping other people in the world feel safe. Like, oh, I'm not alone. Like even Terry Crews came out, you know, a, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and a, a admitted to a sexual assault. You know, like this strong black man feel safe enough and comfortable enough to to open his mouth and speak about something like that 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 may be embarrassing right, right. you know you know but he did it and, and and that's the same thing with poetry it's it's not when you speak you encourage someone else to speak too uh so it's very important man get it out you know uh, I have a piece called black men that's cry uh, and it talks and it talks about how black men cry how we go through things like we hurt you know, we get we we've been depressed. We you know we experience things. You know, um, and it's important to be transparent, man, to be sensitive, uh, and 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 to show our sons that too, and show our daughters that. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I, I can go on and on about this yeah. about that with that question, man. But but yeah, it's it's very important. Nah, you you are good, man. You good. You good. Like you said, I was I was just tuning in to you, man. And I was uh I do want to piggyback off of what you said about because. I want to say that might have been like a month ago, two months ago. I, I actually did a show about a uh, depression, and we had like a panel, maybe about four people or whatnot, and uh, we had two men, two women, and uh, you know, and we all were, you know, what I'm saying black or whatnot, because I guess the one thing we were trying to push was like just the gap that's in our community. Like it's almost taboo in a way, you know, for men to even speak on certain things in the black community. It's like a stigma because you know, uh, it's just like we supposed to walk around and not be in our feelings about about certain shit, whether it's love, whether it's relationships, whether it's finances, no matter what. So I felt like that was a good conversation to have. And then also what you push as far as poetry, how it will allow people to what's going on with them creatively. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, mm. people can hear if you are reaching out for help, you know, if you are crying out for help at the same time, I believe people can people can actually hear that. So I feel like that, that that's something that um because I wanted to ask you this question between like the boys and the girls do you notice a difference do you see that it's easier for the girls to express themselves more than more than I guess the boys so translate that to just you know the older the older group men and women and that's why I think it comes around that because like you say even when we get into mental health or or, or whatnot just even the thought of how a lot of us don't even look at therapy in the right through the right lens in a sense. Like we don't want people to know that we're crazy. We don't want people to know that we need. Mm. We tend to try to you know avoid it. So I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you run off with that though. But I just want to just piggyback that and you know 
just off of what you was you were saying though, but you definitely got the floor. But what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that as far as what I just said and uh and the whole question that Link asked? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah. So me look, so me working with so many different students across the country, and I work with you know probably thousands of students in the last five years, six years that I've been doing what I do, and and, and to be honest, man, it's it's really fifty fifty. You know, uh, in the youth that I work okay. with, you know, I work like um, like two years ago. I worked I worked in a high school in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and uh, it was a twelfth grade guy. You know, cock strong dude, play uh, he, uh, handsome, popular, girls all on him uh, on the football team. Uh, but in the middle of my workshop, uh, he you know he he got really comfortable with me. He got really comfortable with with the process in which in, the, in which the way I teach. And when it got to right. the day where I allowed everybody to share their poems, this boy, this young man, got up and shared a poem about being molested by a man and his family. Um, and so, so to see that, you know, in, in, a, in a young man, you know, like blew my mind. I even wrote a poem about him and put it in my in my latest book, Black Boy Blues. Um, but you know, right. on the other hand, I've also uh, had young girls. Who who express poems just as powerful and just as uh, and just as you know um, who who shared stories very similar through poems. Um, so so it's fifty fifty between the, the boys and girls uh, when it comes to the young people that I work with. Uh, when it comes to the okay. when it comes to men and women that 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 I encounter, uh, it seems to be the women who are more open to expressing themselves. Uh, you know because I think right. when it gets to a certain point. You know, as as a man, you know, we've been programmed so much by the world that this is what a man is supposed to do, and this is how a man should communicate and not should com- and not communicate. We we tend to express ourselves less, um, and and I, you know, just like with, with the with the Tyree situation, I'm, I'm sure y'all probably had a conversation about that. You know, um, I, I feel it was no yeah, problem yeah. with him expressing himself and crying the way that he did, uh, taking it to social media. I, you know. We can look at that anywhere we anywhere we want, but we but not we ain't had a million dollars, so we don't know how a millionaire feel what he going through, you know. So I can't say right, right, how right. I would respond if I was going through something similar. Um, but but mental ill mental illness, man, and mental health is something that the black community don't take that serious, man. And and and, nah, we and don't. it's not because we don't take it, you know. So well, I would say number one, we don't take it serious uh, because we haven't been made. Aware of how serious it mm-hmm. is, like it, like who right. talks, it's about, the it? Who talks about it? Wait, I never learned about mental it's, illness or mental health in in my school in my school life. You know, growing up, and nobody exactly, in my family talks like, about it. It's the it's the lack of awareness of it. That's what makes us not really think about it. Like, okay, even yeah. when we come around our family and we and we have and we have that uncle that who everybody knows is off. Well, they say, well, you know, Uncle Such and Such crazy. First thing we say, well, yeah, that nigga crazy. But nobody really yeah. even considers, well, can we help Uncle Sister? You know, we just, he just crazy. And, like, you know, like, even even the dudes, like you say, uh, for those that may come from, like, you know, like the hood or areas close to the hood, you know, like the J's or whatnot. But even if they're not necessarily strung out on drugs, just the people that you constantly see in the neighborhood who are just a little bit off. It's like we label them as yeah. sex, but we never really reach out to really help. We kind of, you know, 
you like the neighborhood joke, in a sense. So in a way, do you feel like yeah. that stigma? You feel like because it is, like you say, the lack of awareness. I would have to, uh, I would have to agree with you there, as far as that. And then also when it comes to men and women, why do you feel like society has made, I guess, this standard to where we are supposed to hold back a little bit more on our feelings versus then. You know than what women should. Now I'm like I mean because I agree. Like men shouldn't cry about everything. Like I mean I agree. I mean it's some stuff that a, a man is supposed to handle and and take that you wouldn't expect a woman to. But at the end of the day, we still have problems. We still have feelings. So just as a human, they should be expressed. And race really mm. really shouldn't matter. But why do you feel like um society has created this this standard? And uh why is it that that it seems like more of our people tend to kind of fall into that I guess into that uh, I don't want to say stereotype but we kind of we kind of in that realm where like you say we don't really see mental illness and therapy kind of going going hand in hand yeah pretty much so pretty much so so yeah what's your thoughts on that though, yeah Chris? well man uh, well uh, I guess my answer I got a, my answer kind of short on that I believe that uh, yeah. that it's a it's a misconception of what masculinity is in our community. Uh, you know, we think because uh, – so a man has more testosterone, um, you know, than a woman. And and because of that, yeah. we think, oh, oh okay, so if, so if you're, if you're masculine and you, uh, you, have, you have all this testosterone, it's supposed to always be displayed in everything that we do and say and, and the way that we exist – and that's not and that's not true. Mm-hmm. So so it's a programming that that's been perpetuated perpetuated for so long that we now have to get to a point where we unprogram that and we stop we have to unteach that and unlearn that. Uh and I think we're right. now in a place where where that's becoming a theme because you um you know because you know especially in the black community if you if you show Anything, if you're a man and you show any kind of sensitivity or whatever, you know, we call it gay or, mm-hmm. or weak or whatever. But it's just something that's been passed on for so long. Um, but yeah. Right. Programming. And, uh, and just real, real quick, too. I think that just by the nature of a man, like, I think what makes you more of a man is, like, how, how much and how willing you are to hold yourself accountable for the things that you do and the things that you believe in. So it's your accountability. Like if you have a lot of that, that makes you more of a man. That's just, that's just my opinion on that. So I feel like hmm. that's why a lot of our a lot of our depression it can come from us us either not doing it and then other people doing it. Cause think about it, if you're not a good husband, you don't have to say it. Your wife will, and everyone else hmm. that you tell will. But this nigga ain't shit. So that will yeah. probably get you at some point. And then at the same time of like you say. Men are made to hold themselves accountable, but when you don't, it 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 it, it puts you in that bind where you know what I'm saying because that's not really the nature of a man. So you actually are depressed in the state because you're not really in your in your nature. So it's like other people are attacking, I guess, quote unquote. That's the only way you will be able to look at it. So I kind of feel like that's where it comes from for us. It's just we supposed to naturally hold ourselves accountable, and then when we don't, we become in the depressed state, and then other people are gonna do it for us. So, like, you know, would you do that link? I know you had a question real, real quick. Yeah, Mr. James, real quick. Um, 
I know going through this as a poet and a motivator and a speaker, at the end of the day, there's downfalls, there's people who look at you wrong, who, you know, going to be against or whatever. Because there's always going to be, as we always say, the word hater, if you want to use it that to simplify for everybody. But in whatever realm, where do you find your strength to wake up every day to say, you know what, regardless of what's going on, I'm going to face this world and I'm going to help to educate, motivate, and elevate people, humanity generally, period. Uh, man, um, so yeah, so so as far as haters, man, um, I feel like we, are, as an artist and and being um, in the in the light that I'm usually in, um, a lot of hate right. does come, or a lot or a lot of misunderstanding comes because when you get to a certain level in your career, people start to look at you as if you're not human, and they forget that you're human and that you you know and that you're no different from they are in reality. Um, but what but what pushes me to keep doing what I do no matter what, man, uh, and I always tell people uh, my why. My why is my brothers. You know, I had two brothers in prison for 25 and 40 years, um, and I do everything I do for them, you know, um, because I, I know what I'm doing is important. I know that I'm making a difference. You know, uh, if, if I get right. on stage or, or, or I go into a classroom and I impact one student or one person in that audience, I know – that I'm that I know that my work is with value, um, and, and and also as far as what I'm doing, I, I know that I'm creating a foundation for my brothers. So when they come home in 25 and 40 years, they're gonna have something to come home to, versus coming back to a community where they got to start all over, and and they and they're in a place where they have to repeat those same actions that got them where they are now. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I so I treat my life, man. I treat my career. Um, as if I don't have an option but to keep forward and to keep progressive. Um, and, yeah, man. Hey, man, that's what's up, man. Hey, man, we live right here, man, rocking and rolling. Chris James is live right here, man, 760 Hey, hey, Chris, what we about to do, man, is go ahead and take some calls for you, man. We got a few people online right here, hometeamradio.com, man, keeping it funky with you, boy. Rod Funky Man links in the building. I'm going to go ahead and get into this 818358. You will be on the line. 818358. You are on the line. Greetings in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My name is Pastor Don Jr., CEO, and I've just been uh, hearing the brother, the keynote speaker of the evening, drop a lot of wisdom and knowledge, man. And uh, I, I got my winning team calling in. We're 300 strong, and we're here to support, man. And I definitely want you to uh, reach out to Butter Rock. He got a major event going on at, with Atlantic Records, and I really believe you need to be in the building of that event. There's a lot of lost souls and a lot of lost people that need that kind of wisdom. Dropping. So, uh, man, y'all on fire tonight. I can't even <laughs> I can't even lie about it. I'm over here praising, yelling, hooping, hollering. Y'all just y'all really doing something amazing in the spirit and in the physical at the same time. It's, it's hard to take a still picture in 3D. So keep doing what y'all doing, man. Hey, much love, much love, much love. We really appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah, that was a dope call right there, man. I love it. I'm going to be here the whole show, man. I'm not not one of those guys that hang up after I get finished talking. I want to hear what the other callers have to say, man. But uh, we the winning team. We we love being a part of uh, unity. You know, y'all, what y'all doing is breaking generational curses by giving people a platform. That's so powerful. 
man. You know, you don't know how much I'm on fire right now by just hearing how strong y'all are as brothers getting in. Man, salute uh, to all of the winning team members, man. Y'all give this brother some love. Give him your Twitter, your Facebook. Tell a friend, tell a friend. The call-in number is 760-454-1118. Make your voice heard. Don't be on the show for two hours and not get it. It's to be heard because there's some powerful wisdom going on. You can't get accounted in the book of God if you don't speak up and say, hey, I believe. So, hey, let's get it, man. You're killing it. Bro. Hey, that's real, I'm, man. I'm going to fly on the wall. Say, hey, man. <laughs> that way. Hey, hey, look, we appreciate the Lord, man, really do. And like you say, man, it's, it's uh, you know, cause, like, you know, for me, I can say, I can say personally, you know, it's always been something on, on my heart. And, you know, uh, me being fairly young, that's just that's just something that our generation does need though. We just we just do need to talk. You know, we just sat down and just actually talked a little bit more. You know, I feel like I feel like it would help us all in the long run, you know, but it'll definitely help us now, you know, just by even having these conversations though. So I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone that's listening right now. Chris, if you have anything to say, you most certainly have the floor on. Yeah. Man, and I'll say this, man. I know we talked about, uh, you know, a couple questions, a question or so ago. We talked about, you know, a man and, and masculinity and all this. And something me and my friend talks about. Uh, we talk about, man. To be honest, none of us have really been taught how to be men, or how to be boyfriends, or how to be husbands, how to be fathers, or how to be mothers or wives. And and and, and when we become adults. We literally go out here and, and we're trying to figure it out by ourselves, and, and we make so many mistakes until we we've made them all, and we're like, oh, okay, so I made mm-hmm. these one thousand mistakes. So that right there is not what a, what a man is. That's not what a father is. That's not what a wife is, or or a Christian, or a mm-hmm. Muslim, or whatever. You know, so we don't we we rarely have a blueprint. So we have to create our own so many times, even as entrepreneurs, you know, in the black community. Like, nobody's taking each other's hands and saying, hey, this this is what a man is. This is what a wife is. This is what a husband is. Uh, so I think we need, we, need, we need that more. We need more accountability. You know, I grew up in a neighborhood where, where all we talked about is what a chick said. You know, like, let's go jump on some women. Let's go have, see, see if we can have sex with women. You know, I, I never had friends who were like, hey, man, let's be faithful to our girl. Let's let's not text other women. Let's you know. Uh, I, I'm 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 gonna marry my girl before you marry yours. You know, like w- we need that type of accountability versus ah right, let's go yeah. let's go, go go to the club. Let's smoke a blunt or whatever. Like and we, you know we this, need that type of accountability, man. And you notice, like you say, a lot of that because like you know influence is so powerful that like you say even with rap music like you know rap rap is based off a lot of that like you know well I can get your girlfriend versus then I can just show up with my own it's about I can take mm. I can take this I can take that from you you see what I'm saying so it's like a lot of the the youth they growing in into that like it's almost normal cuz it's you hear mm. it so much it's, you know what I mean so it's just a way to kind of program and so that even translates to the way people actually Go about their day to day as far as relationships and and love. You know, once you once you t- talk about people cheating enough, people gonna kind of go into a relationship thinking that one person is about to cheat, or at least you know you yeah. kind of looking for it. You know what I'm saying? So you can instill a lot of a lot of different things about what you show. 
and you know just by programming like that. So at the end of the day, you know it, it's not it's not good, but that's why I think that like you say, just actually understanding understanding something, I feel like that'll help when you truly understand the essence of something. You can you can look at it and say, well, I get that it's entertainment. I get the entertainment value of it. I get that part of it though, but. Like, you still have to understand, like, the right and wrong, and I feel like that'll help you maneuver. Lynch, go ahead. You know what, though? All night tonight we've been talking about us as black men. Right. Right? We haven't been speaking about, yes, if black women or, or women, period. Right. I mean, we haven't been speaking about the mindset and their depressions or the struggles they got to go through as single mothers or as wives or as um, baby mamas or thoughts or, or whatever. In any situation, however you want to call it, the lives that a, a female, a woman, an empress, a queen has to live and what they go through. We've been speaking about us. That's true. And that's why, that's why like, I continue to take this call suit. And like you say, we'll, uh, to have a woman online, cause like of course you know we definitely mm-hmm. like to hear hear both sides. And shouts out to uh you know Jay Muse. Jay Muse usually comes on the show, you know with her female point of view. Not here tonight though, man. But shouts out to her. So we'll go ahead and take on some more calls though. Eight one eight. I really appreciate you for calling in on that one. Let's go ahead and get to the next one. Four zero four five five two. You are on the line. Yo, it's popping. It's DJ Butterrock. Six one DJ Atlanta Records. How y'all doing tonight? Oh yo. What's good, man? Loving life. Shout, shout out to winning team Don Jr., man. He, you know, he invited me on, man. He told me, you know, check you guys out. So I'm, I'm here listening to the word. I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm hearing. And um, shout out to everybody, you know, you guys in the Atlanta area. We got it going down next week. Music Chicks, one of your music best along with Atlanta Records, man. So you guys doing a lot of beautiful talking, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm going to sit here and get the word, man, from you guys. Hey, man, we appreciate it. We appreciate that love, man. Any of you guys in Atlanta? Hey. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We in Atlanta, man. Are you in Atlanta? Okay. See, I need to holler at me um, next week, though. Six one DJs, music fest, Atlanta fast, records. Fast. Hey, you know what? Hey, while you online, real quick, man, let the people know where they can follow you, like on your socials, uh, and all that, man. You got the floor. Beautiful. Shout out to all my people in the ATL, man. North side, east side, south side, west side. Follow me on Instagram. It's DJ. Everything. Everything is DJ Butterrock. And it's DJ B U T T E R R O C K. DJ Butterrock. Go to my Instagram. You see Atlanta Records. Atlanta Records. DJ Butterrock. Uh, y'all can follow me, man. Also, you can follow my team, CX1 DJs. Shout out to Coalition DJs, Cool Running DJs, Heavy Hitters. We in the building, man. CX1 DJs. Atlanta Records. Hey, man. Shout out, man. DJ Butterrock. In the building, man. That's what's going you on. Come, you, hey, you Chris, come man, we'll go ahead and. But yeah, hey Chris, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and we'll take we'll take another call. Right here, man. It's five zero one two nine one. You are on the line. Hey, hey, hey. Yo, how's it going? Hey, going well. So I just want to say, man, I commend everything that you all are doing. I just want to say shout out to Chris James. I got to meet him at the New York Poetry Festival, and I was able to read the book, The Odds Against Us. And I just want to say, man, what you wrote, that was powerful. 
and I'm using it today. So keep doing what you're doing, man. I love you, and I'm continuing to follow and support your journey. I, I, I truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. Peace and love. Peace. No doubt, man, no doubt. And that's what it's all about. Hey, Chris, hey, yeah, man, uh, you know, and that was on me too because I definitely wanted to ask you about that, man. Talk about uh the upcoming stage play that you do have going on, uh, titled The Arts Against Us. Please explain that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was dope that she just brought it up. So The Odds Against Us um, is – I also turned it into a book. But it is my upcoming stage play, too, um, it, which comes out January 19th and 20th uh, here in the Atlanta metro area. Uh, it's a stage play that's written and performed in poetry verse. Uh, it talks about the reality of urban youth, but from their own perspective. You know, often we hear, you know, so much about urban youth, about how many are dropping out, how many are becoming teen parents, how many going to juvenile, how many are killing each other, how they curse at their teachers. We hear all of this. But we never get to hear from the right. young people themselves why they behave and exist the way that they do. Um, and this stage play that I wrote and direct, um, I've been doing this since 2013. It allows those young people to share that side of the story. Um, but it also shows in this stage play that it's possible for those young people to overcome those odds that are against them. Um, so, you know, I was 16 when I, when I became a father. Um, I was 16... Cool. The year both of my brothers went to prison for 25 and 40 years, um, you know, so and, mm-hmm. and nobody ever asked me, you know, why I was, you know, that young having sex anyway or how becoming a father affected me that early or how or how traumatized I was or how depressed I was. And both of my brothers went to prison within the, within three months, you know, um, and so this play right here is going to allow young people that demographic of students, of young people to express that express their realities, man. Uh, so it's a powerful play. Right. Uh, it's going to be happening at the 3D Complex uh, in Lathonia, Georgia. Um, and, again, you know, you can find, people can find out more about that stage play uh, by typing in the odds against us stage play on Facebook or the odds against us stage play uh, on, on Google, in their Google search or on Eventbrite. And they can also follow my Instagram, Chris James Journey. And the website is the ChrisJamesJourney dot com. Right, man. That's what's going on, man. Listen, man. We don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon, man. We just about to turn it up a little bit, man. We're gonna go ahead and take you back on the throwback joint right here, man. Montel Joint. This is how we do it right here on keeping it foggy with your boy Ralph Funky. We'll be right back. Chris. Hey. DJ.
you know, uh, they they didn't they didn't feel safe enough to to communicate what they were going through with someone, mm-hmm. um, or, or they didn't they didn't know the proper method uh, on how to communicate because you know a lot a lot of us don't know how to communicate conflict or 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 to right. or to effectively express what we're going through, you know, um, and yeah, man. So so I, I think man, um, you know, in the African American community, man, we have to make our children more aware, you know, that, hey, you can talk to me. Or, hey, if you're going through something, um, you know, um, uh, we need to have a family counselor, you know, that the kids, if the kids mm-hmm. don't feel like, feel comfortable enough to talk talk to mama or daddy, you know, the kids should be provided with a phone number where they can call somebody and talk to them about it. Um, you know, because most kids, most people who are molested don't say anything. Or most people who uh, go through anything, not even just sexual assault, but go through things, don't talk about it. Right. Uh, because again, they they don't feel safe, you know. And that's and that's the key thing, man. People don't feel safe. They feel like they're gonna be attacked. They feel like you know people are going to, um, you know, say say things that 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 trigger them. You know, um, like you may say, hey man, I, I I I'm I'm depressed, and you may and you say something like, oh man, nothing wrong with you. You all right? And that right there would trigger a person who mm-hmm. is depressed or who or, or who is suicidal. They feel like, oh, don't nobody don't nobody care, don't nobody believe in me, don't nobody believe problems even worse. Um, so yeah, man, so, so that that's really so I'm, I'm really passionate about that, man. And um and, and and what I'm working on now, I'm actually working on a campaign um over the, over the next year, 2018. My uh, partner and I, uh, her and I are going to be working towards making people more aware uh, in the black community that that counseling is available for you and that your, and that your insurance will pay for it. And mm-hmm. if you're in high school or in, in any kind of public school, you're, you, you have a counselor in school, you know, and most times in public schools, counselors only, they do things like let you know about the ACT. They let you know about your grades and stuff like that. But they never check on on the personal or, or the mental health uh, stability of the students. Um, so yeah, so so I, we're working on a campaign to where we make people in the African American community aware of how important it is to seek counseling uh, and how accessible it is to get. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. And there's two things I want piggyback off of uh number one I didn't know that that number was that high for uh kids that young as far as suicide. Like so that's that's pretty, you know, alarming I would say that the number would be that high. Also, how much uh how much of the the pressures that society tend to just put on people, how much would you contribute to that being part of the problem? Uh I really couldn't say, you know, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. because you know, because everybody, you know, deals with, with different things and and handles it differently. Uh, you know, some kids, you know, are depressed and commit suicide because you know because they, you know, uh, because they think they're ugly. You know, uh, and that and that right mm-hmm. there may be something that's influenced by society, or it could be influenced by their mama or daddy or somebody in their in their house is telling them that they're ugly all all day. Sit your ugly ass down. Uh, uh, or whatever, and that may right, trigger right. something in them and, and take them into a dark place uh, of depression. Um, you know, or or it could be society that's telling them that this is what pretty is and this is what ugly is and this is what you know. Um, you know, like when I, when I think about that, when I think about that, 
as far as beauty and self-esteem, uh, we talked about it in my last stage for, uh, that we just ended the tour for Dear Black People. Uh, we talked about the doll test that was conducted by uh, African-American psychologist Kenneth and Mammy Clark. And um, and with that, you know, with the doll test, I'm sure you guys have probably heard of it or familiar with it, uh, the doll test where they had children between the ages of three and five choose a white doll or a black doll, and majority of the students of these babies, three to five years old, chose the white doll, and they attributed positive characteristics to the white dolls, like pretty, smart, beautiful, mm-hmm. kind. And then when it came to the black dolls or the dark, darker complex dolls, they, they said it was bad or it was ugly. And and that right there shows that even at an early age, young people are are being are, are being programmed to believe young black people are, are being programmed to believe that they aren't valuable, that they aren't pretty, that they aren't smart, you know, that they and that their features aren't as desirable. And then and, and then on top of that, you know, if you do that, you know. The world is putting that in them, you know, so the world is damaging their self-esteem so much, even at an early age. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. man, so I, I, that's I, why so it would make, I think it's 50-50, man. Yeah, and, and Go ahead, I'm sorry. that's why it would make a lot of sense. Uh, that's why it would make a lot of sense as to why um, a high number, you know, for suicide, it would be pretty high amongst young people because I feel like more of their depression – comes from the pressure that society puts because that's kind of, I'm not saying like that's all they have, but like the obligations are not the same as an adult. You know, when you're 15, 16, you don't really have to do the same things you do as as an adult, you know, as someone that's 30 or as someone that's 40. Like, so your responsibilities would be different. So a lot of your depression may come off of like what you have to do as an adult. You see what I'm saying? And like, yeah, that's where that depression comes from. So they're kind of paying more attention to what society is showing, and that's just part of just growing up and going through adolescence, though. So it would make a lot of sense as to why, you know, teenagers have a high suicide rate. So, uh, yeah. one thing that I heard you saying earlier, Mr. James, and I got to keep saying Mr. James in that respect because um, you're like an elder to these youths out here, you know, anybody listening out here. And one thing... I'm going to respect that as soon as I hit your Instagram, you hit me back. And you was on the show. So that means anybody yeah. trying to get out to you want to talk to you. And I see that only six people out of, like, thousands of people ain't on your response for whatever reason. But that's out of thousands. That means you're getting out to people. You're easily reachable. Any one of you speak to you. You out here. You know sure. BS. Yeah, yeah, that's real, man. And, uh, yeah, 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 and I, and I, and I, and I believe that's important, man. It's important to be accessible, and I'm, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not about me. You know, I, I, I realize that the work that I do is about the people. You know, and um, and a simple response, you know, could literally save somebody's life. You know. Uh, a, a simple, you know, phone call or a simple just responding to somebody's DM, you know, could really impact them. Like, oh man, this dude care, or somebody cares about me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I watched a video on social media recently, and um, and, and it talk, somebody I can't remember who it was, but they they talked about man the importance of being kind. Like you being kind, you you being kind to somebody in, on your walk to work, 
and you just simply speaking to someone and saying, hey, how you doing, could could really turn that person's day around or their choice to keep yeah. to take their life. Uh, you know, man, it's important. Be kind to people. Be accessible. Be reachable. Yeah. Be 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 humble. Be human. Yeah, because the the effect is a lot more. You know, stronger. It's a lot more powerful than what than what we can actually see. You know, but like you just gotta trust and know that it is happening. And like you say, being available is is one of the most important parts. Because I was gonna say, do you feel like that that may be somewhat of an issue now? Is that uh, the right people are not available? For instance, you spoke earlier about how we don't really know how to be men because a lot of us weren't really taught, you know, how to be men. Now, in a sense, you can only assume that, like, a father can teach a son how to be a man. That's pretty much, like, you know, that's pretty much the way you would you would kind of assume for it to go. So we know that in our community, a lot of us kind of grow up with that being absent, with a father being absent. So with that being the case, do you feel like a lot of us just haven't had the right person available to even talk to? In Hello? Who we can talk to, you know, our uncles, we can talk to, you know, our moms, our cousins, our aunties, our brothers, our sisters. But, like, we just can't come home and just talk to daddy. Do you feel like that's uh, that, that could be a part of a problem, too? Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I definitely think it does. Uh, you know, and, and and we don't really think about it, man. To be honest, because we, mm-hmm. you know, the same thing like like we're, we're black women. You know, we live in, we live in life so fast, and man, we living in a world that, that moves so fast that the world doesn't give us enough time to process what we're experiencing and what we're feeling. You know, so 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 we mm-hmm. live in a world where, where we where we become we boys, and then we gotta become we get we get forced to be so responsible and to be men so quick. Are you eighteen? I got the house. So so we never really get time to process what we're experiencing, uh, and then we grow up, you know, passing those 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 um, unprocessed feelings and unprocessed thoughts into. And to our relationships, whether they are our, our mm-hmm. parent relationships with our children, with, uh, with our with our lovers, our significant others, uh, and in the workplace, and we got all these misplaced feelings that we don't even understand, man. Um, and I, I wholeheartedly believe, yeah, you know, not having a father affects us, man. Like you know, um, you know, yeah. and and some there there have been many days where you know where I've sat down and I've tried to process it, like man, like. Why is it so? Why are there so many absent fathers, man? And and like, what is it? Like, what's wrong? Like, like it, it's it's so, it's because it's so it's so common. It ain't like you know it's just five. You know, it, like it's ten percent of absent fathers. You know, and, and that's one of the statistics that's in my play. Sixty-four percent of children mm-hmm. grow up in homes without their fathers. That's a, that's a statistic that's out there right now. Me, yeah. you, me, you, and 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 and, and links. We can we can probably co- we can probably collectively come up with a hundred people that we know personally who didn't have a father in the home, and right and that right there is alone that right there alone is traumatic, man. And and you know we talk about women who have daddy issues. A lot of us men have daddy mm-hmm. issues, and again we all process it differently. 
You know, I can say how, know, how I processed it. You know, but yeah. Yeah, and it it definitely makes makes a difference. And I also feel like, um, you know, like I always I always revert a lot of stuff back to influence because I feel like influence is so powerful. So at the end of the day, even when you see what the media tends to portray, like they promote a lot of the successful black men that don't have fathers. And it's not saying that their success is by accident because, you know, they didn't have it or, or, or whatnot though, but I like I would hate to say that it's a it's a coincidence. Now, we know that the number is high. So you're gonna have a lot of successful black men, you know, find ways to be successful with the lack of having a father growing up. But at the end of the day, like you say, that's part of that programming because at some point, if you keep showing something, it will become normal. Like, or at least the thought of it will become normal. So when we see the LeBron James, who has, like, publicly even stated that, you know, well, yeah, I didn't have my daddy. And I don't want to say he dissed him, but he pretty much knocked down the idea that, well, I didn't have it. So this is where I'm at. We, we've all seen Kevin Durant's speech. We've all seen the whole Derrick Rose. Virtually every rapper uh, recently tends to kind of come from that household and they kind of speak on it. They say, well, you know, I had to sell drugs to take care of mama. Most athletes, when they get drafted, when they go pro, I got to buy a house for blase blah for mama. And a lot of mm. times it's not really intentional. It may, it's, it's just, it's almost so normal. You see what I'm saying? And if you look mm. at a lot of these guys that get drafted early, I mean, just listen to what they say. And, and uh, you know, and I mean, so yeah, it is a problem. Because I feel like it's a problem because it's 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 almost too normal, like it's not really looked at. So, but 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 take it versus like the Eli Mannings or the Paymans or the Tom Brady's or you you hardly ever see like mothers of 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 these certain type of athletes because they're showing them, I guess, that particular standard. We know what the standard should be for us. We're not showing it to each other, and we're not really being shown. So in the, in a way, I feel like. That's kind of why we have why we had a pattern that we have. You see what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be glorified. Like people shouldn't, you know, show reverence, you know, to their mother and you know, like praise their mother. But a lot of it is happening from people that a lot of the youth. You just kind of, you see what I'm saying? You kind of blindly go mm. go into it though. But Chris, I definitely want to let you piggyback off of that and links. I'm gonna let you follow up on that. But yeah, I had yeah, to go on that man, though, cause, uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, it's so much. It's so much that we're experiencing uh, subconsciously, man. Like, like, like. Yeah, subconsciously. That's the word. Like, I, 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 I didn't even think about it like that. Like, man, that's real. You know, like yeah. you know that that's a because you know what's that, crazy? That's a dope perspective, you know what's man. Crazy, bro. You know what's crazy? And like this is this is actually when I noticed it. I noticed it. As far as like breast cancer, you notice that out of all the like you say this 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 is probably you know I don't know if this should be said but you know I don't, I don't think it's that I think it's pretty harmless <laughs> but but it was something that I noticed though when it came to the professional sports league I noticed that with breast cancer have you noticed that like in baseball or golf or hockey you don't really see that really being a common thing why do you think that is? Hmm. Ah, oh, man, I, I, you got me there. 
I would say because you got me these there. are predominantly yeah. white sports. These are these are predominantly white sports. You notice that the predominantly black sports, the NFL and the NBA, both take a very strong hold and they push the whole breast cancer agenda because they know that a lot of these players' mamas are watching the game because these leagues are predominantly black, which shows the high number of players coming from single mother households. That's very very coincidental, but that is actually mm. what's 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 happening. So if you if you look at that, you would say, well, because you don't you don't really see this in in in, in the other sports. And I would say, well, because they know it's a high number of women that are actually watching the NFL because a lot of their sons playing, a lot of women watching the NBA because a lot of their sons are playing. So that's why they kind of cater to pushing breast cancer. And not saying it's wrong too, but like you know, there's no prostate cancer man. And a lot of men die from really from prostate cancer more than they would breast cancer. So I find that very ironic. But that perspective goes to show that it's not just me and you that know that there's a high number. They are they are they are what you call it, uh uh big wig, you know, the big corporates, they know. They know that. So at the end of the day, they 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 make money off of that off of that issue at the same time and it, it's it's appealing to us because we can get out the hood by signing a record label or a shoe contract or a record contract. But at the end of the day, playing and milking off of, you know, something that really is a problem, you know, to us. Can I say so? Because <laughs> so? I'm, I'm like the maddest non-racist but mad black man on the planet of Earth. Because I feel like I'm not racist because I don't give a damn what race you are. I'm going to deal with you on a humanitarian level. But beyond what you just said, you just said something even more powerful than what you realized you just said. It goes to the effect to show that these sports were not really welcomed in. That's why we're not in them sports doing it. It's beyond the fact that, oh, yeah, a black man could go play to the NBA or play to the NFL. Uh-huh. Why are we not in soccer or baseball and taking over? Right. Some of the wickedest um, hockey players are black people. I mean, I'm saying, like, it's just, it's just not – it's just not – to me, I just find it ironic that, you know, or at least it's not a coincidence that you have – you have the whole system of a one-and-done in a predominantly black league, you know, it's like it's like we, they say, well, look at what we can target, you know, look at what we can gain from this. So you allow that and you kind of funnel that, you funnel that in because you see that that's the cycle that this particular group has going. So with, with a one and done, look at what it's doing, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it is helping a lot of these a lot of these guys, but at the end, we also know that it's hurting them too, though. But my point was to that to say was. I think white people and black people do the same amount of thing as far as parenting. Yeah. Just as much fucking white people, black people, Arab people, Mexican people leaving their crib and a wife without mother or whatever. We are just on a spotlight more for what we do. And that's how I feel about it. That too and Chris, Chris, uh you can definitely uh you can definitely go ahead if you have anything that you that you wanna say. Okay, okay. I'm man. I'm, I'm taking in so much right now, y'all man. <laughs> I, 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 y'all, hey. hey, y'all, y'all off the chain. 
Hey, man. Hey, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But, like, it's real, though, because, you know, like like you said, a lot of it, a lot of it could just be from from perspective. And like you said, I don't I don't think there's any harm in, in you know, talking and, you know, pointing out, pointing out something that's, that's the issue. I mean, we understand that a lot of people may not be too accepting of it. They may not welcome that, you know, especially with us being our color. But at the end of the day, like you say, you know, uh, we just doing what what we feel is right. But like you say, we we first off we have to put it out there and make people aware. That'll help people to understand. So if we can at least start off doing that, I don't feel like it's any harm in that, you know, whatsoever. Though, but at the end of the day, um, Chris, I do want to ask you this though. As far as like you say, with the example that I brought up with like professional sports or whatnot, and you know, from the role models that we tend to see, and you know, by that being a pattern. And just kind of how I explain how you know how corporate corporate America may even see that cycle and it may tend to play off that. What what is your thoughts on that though? Just just on everything that I had uh, spoke of. Man, I think um, I I think corporate America, man, and, and sports and, and any any big operational organization mm-hmm. is going to is going to you know to get what they can you know off of the people mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know everything is 360. You know uh, if if you see a need or you or you see an oppor- opportunity, um, corporations jump on it. You know that's how they survive. You know um, you know even you know that's even done on, on the lowest level, uh, and that's that's gonna always be done. Uh, and you know and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's good and it's bad. But to be honest, man, you know I, I had this conversation recently with somebody about about. Um, the concept of being used, um, I, I right. honestly, I, I think you know it, 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 it's good and it's bad. But you know, I think it's a beautiful thing, you know, to be to use and to be used. You know, because uh, again, everything is three sixty. Everything is full circle. Um, you know, the sun is the, uh, the the flowers depend on the sun, and the sun, you know, all these things. Everything depends on on something, and everything is used. And I think it's good to be used uh for the for the good of something that that's progressive um but yeah man mm-hmm. so that, that's just how business works man and and you know yeah we can we can look at sports and we can look at this corp at corporate america and, and and we can critique it and we can talk about all the pros and cons but type of this type of systematic work and and this type of system man is present in every part of the world. You know, it, there's a system that that's in yeah. place that happens in Africa and in Canada. Uh, they're just all different. And and again, man, it's just acting on opportunity, and they're just being very strategic that's about true. it. That's yeah. true, man. That's true. And uh, so, like, just and just real quick, I just want to ask you uh, your thoughts. What are your thoughts on uh, Kaepernick and like you know his whole stance, and then just just the whole. Just the whole talk of you know uh, police brutality. Just what are your whole thoughts on that? Because like that, oh, that is something man. that is affecting uh, you know like black male youth. Yeah, uh, man, uh, I apply what he's doing. You know, uh, I apply you know that you know that is is such a consistent movement uh, that it's not you know this mm-hmm. o- this overnight thing uh, and um, it's dope. I, I think you know he's. He's making more people aware of what's going on, um, and it's not just a trend for him. You know, it, it doesn't seem anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's, it's just a trend for him. Like he he didn't he did that because he wanted to. 
you know, uh, when, he, when he took that knee, you know, almost a year ago, however long it was, you know, he didn't do it to just, you know, for the, for the likes and, and the social media player, whatever. He'd done it because it was something that he believed in. And I think that's a good model uh, for any activist or anybody who believes in something. Do it because you believe in it, not because of, of of what's going to happen on the back end. You know, he he didn't know what he didn't all know right. all this was going to happen, you know, but he done it because he believes in it. And and I believe that's important, man. Anybody if you believe in something, you do it. And 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 whatever comes with it, you rock with it and you keep moving the way that you that you decided to move when you did it. Um, you know, so yeah, uh so I I definitely think, man, uh what he's doing is commendable. Uh, and I and I support him all the mm-hmm. way. And uh, you know, and even with uh, like uh, with the issue of police brutality, like how, how much of it is uh, you feel like it's playing a part in just our youth though, and just about like the way that they move, by the way that they see the world, and you know, just the different thing that they may experience. Or have you even dealt with some type of experiences yourself? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's any. It's not new. It's just you know. Uh, it's just becoming more. It's just being highlighted more. It's just being, you know, mm-hmm. uh, put on more. You know, and 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 also think about the time we're living in. You know, uh, you know, all this was happening ten years ago. Police brutality. You know, um, you know, discrimination, racism. All this was happening ten years ago. But think about what else has happened in the last ten years. Uh, social. Like we got Facebook now. We got Snapchat. We got. You know, you have. Uh, Vine that ain't really popping no more. You got, you got all these different so Twitter. You got all these different social media. Everybody got a camera phone, you know. So everything now mm-hmm. is just it's it's instantly accessible, you know. I ain't even got cable in my house, but I know everything that happened this week, you know, in America and and and, and Libya exactly. and everywhere else because of because of Facebook and everything else. You know, everything is instantly accessible. So that's the only reason we know about it. That's the only that's so that's the only difference I believe. I believe all this has been happening, you know, forever. Um and and I think, you know, um the powers that be, you know, um and, uh, this may be a little a little um I guess like me being a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I think that mm-hmm. that, that it's being like it, it's being broadcasted so much because I I believe it's like they're letting us know, you know, like y'all ain't free. You know uh, that that yeah. we that this is what this is like what we message. can do to you. You know, yeah, like right. yeah, they they sending out a, P, a PSA, and but I also think it's making the young people more. It's making it's making the young people more aware, and it's making them more conscious of the way that they move, and the way that they think, and the way that they make decisions. I think young people, you know, uh, and black people are becoming more unified now. Uh, because you know we get we're becoming scared, you know, um, and you know we, you know, and again we we're just becoming more aware, and with that you know we're becoming mm-hmm. more unified, you know, it's it's uh, you know like we like we've seen on social media with you know Bloods and Crips and you know coming together, and uh, so so we see this man, and and it's affecting us, you know, even though bad things are happening, it, it's it's affecting us in in a positive way more than it is. Um, in a negative way, you know. Yeah, you know, right. twenty to fifty, a uh, uh, hundred black men and black women have been, you know, beaten or killed in the hands of black people, but thousands of black people 
are unifying and 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 speaking out and and becoming woke. You know, like it's so many woke mm-hmm. folks now, man. Like everybody woke. You know, everybody conscious. Everybody, you know, uh, Muhammad now. You know, and and, and whatever. You know, yeah, but yeah. I think that's a beautiful. I think I think it's a beautiful thing, man. More black women are, are, are being natural. You know, you, you got you know. Um, it's just it's 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 a it's a really good time for black people, uh, even though it's a even yeah. though more of the ugly is being broadcasted. And, and you know, and like, like you say, like for us, you know, the main thing, the main thing that we should we should hold value to, like you say, is is our is our our uh, unity, and uh, we should definitely recognize like the power that we do have. Uh, accountability is another one, and also I would say, you know, ownership. You know, those four things right there. You know, uh, unity, unity. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Hennessy, man. Yeah, uh, I just said it. Right, but value, <laughs> value, value to those, to those, to those four things. Like I literally just said it. But you know what I mean. But for us though, because like you know, like it is important, and I feel like you know if we lack, if we lack, uh, just even just the awareness, for th- you know, for certain things too, I feel like we'll constantly be holding ourselves back. Like we won't really be doing ourselves a favor that way. So like you say, the fact that everyone is being woke, which is pretty much, you know, aware, just having the awareness, you know, that that, that is uh, a positive step in the right direction. And you know, for us too, um being accountable. That's why I, I was uh earlier I played a snippet from uh Jonah Lucas. I'm not sure if you ever heard of him though, but he dropped a video this week called I'm not racist and he spoke from two point of view. Now he's actually black, but you know, he wrote it from the white man's point of view and he wrote it from the black man's point of view. And the video was, you know, really creative. You know, he had both black guy and a white guy and they were acting like they were having a conversation. You know, and uh from 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 our standpoint, like you say, like we know that uh police brutality is an issue too. Uh and then also just violence within ourselves. We know that we know that there's also, you know, a high number of that as well. Now, I do want to be honest with you, though. Do you feel like the accountability, do you feel like we hold enough of that in certain in certain areas? Uh, I guess we, I guess I'm asking, do we, do we not hold ourselves accountable in certain areas more than probably what we need to? Only because we know that there's an injustice coming from the left. But we don't we don't really see the 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 problem on the right too. I feel like and all I'm saying is when you do that, I feel like that helps for the overall cause. Like it's cool for me to understand that there's a sore there's an infection on the left side, but there's also some cancerous on the right. I probably need to pay a lot of attention to what's cancerous too. This infection, this is bad. Now, don't get me wrong, because it's immediate and we can see it. But this is this is ongoing, and the more I don't pay attention to it, it's gonna take me out of here. And that I can honestly say that is that is what's going on when it comes to things that we tend to do to ourselves. Now, you know, uh, I definitely want to hear your opinion on that though. But that's why I say just the more if, if we just had more accountability, more accountability, I feel like, you know, uh, we'll do ourselves a, 
a much better favor. But Chris, I definitely want to let you, you know, speak on that and links if you got anything to say on that too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Chris. Okay, go ahead, links. My bad. I want to know at the end of the day, how do we become leaders? How do we become better listeners to understand each other? At the end of the day, for us to overcome whatever we're going through. But, yo, Chris, like, uh, but, yo, uh, you know, like, go ahead on, you know, just the things that I was just, you know, saying about as far as us, as far as us being, you know, accountable. Yeah, man. Um, I feel like, you know, um, so, yeah, so so in my, so I keep bringing up my last stage play, Dear Black People, because we talked about these topics a whole lot. Um, and, and it was a scene called, it was the very last scene in my play. Uh, well, it was a line that I actually said, I said, um, police are killing black boys, but haven't you heard that our police are killing, our boys are killing each other too. Where is their riot? Mm -hmm. Social media rants for justice, pictures for profound captions, silver activists acting, television interviews, t-shirts and marches. Um, and, and with that, like, we have to start being, you know, and, and so, so what I'm saying in that line is like, yeah, you know, police are killing each other, and we mm-hmm. want to hold the police accountable for that. But what about what the black boys are doing to each other? What about what the black boys are doing to the black girls? What about what the black girls are doing to the black boys? So yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we, we hold we we hold certain groups more accountable, and we hold each other more accountable for certain things than we do for others, and 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 we do that because. I don't feel like we we love each other the way we should. Like we don't like we don't really love each other, man. Like, um, and you know and, what that translates to, bro? And, 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 what's that? And I'm sorry to cut you off real quick, and I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you continue though. But that but that but that translates into a lot of times we we can't even see like we can't even understand it. Like, well, yo. We may not even agree on something though, but it, it kind of take away the ability for us to even understand each other though. Because this is where we started. Because like you understand that like what me and you were talking about, do you realize that we can be called a coon for this? We can be called an Uncle Tom just by like the direction that that we have, you know, just even just taking these these uh, statements. This is like this is a fact. But, but like but like it'll be it'll be it'll be other black people that will call us that though. So that goes to prove mm. what you're saying. It's like it's like we have this narrative that we all supposed to stick with. That's why, like, when you say yeah. that you bring something about it, like, that's interesting though, because it's like, well, that's just kind of saying, well, we gotta we gotta see what's real. That's not a bad thing to do. That like, it doesn't make me less black because I can point that out. It doesn't make you less of a black man because you can see that too. It doesn't make her less of a black woman because she said, well, that that is true. But people would. Try to strip that away from you, and 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 we hear this yeah. a lot from uh, celebrities. Get a lot of it though. The ones that may just have that platform and that voice, whether it be like uh, like a certain anchor or you know this such and such host or blah blah blah. So it, like, and I feel like that's a problem because it's like, well, damn, we can't even talk about certain issues because if we sit here and we all agree, I don't feel like that. That's, I mean, how can we grow that way? If we, because it's like we all would be each other's yes man, and I feel like, the, like the mm. narrative is so powerful because it's easy to point at the other side and say, well, yeah, 
That's the reason why we're like that, because they did it. Well, yeah, that's true. Mm. But I can say that shit from here till, you know what I mean? And that's not yeah. really healthy. So, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, well, sometimes you got to kind of get specific and say, well, this is true. This is the this this is the overall, this is the general picture of, of, of why we're kind of in this position. But then again, like, there's still holes that we can kind of fix. They're, they're like, there are holes that we can plug up that's right in front of our face. And that's just doing our part. Like, we get the whole yeah. systematic part, but it's still just our part of just fixing up. You know, that's like our sink just overflowing. Well, that's just us just finding out why it's leaking and just fixing it. You know, I mean, we can go far back in history and find out the root why and say, oh, well, this is why, and then blame such and such. But then if, it's, if the sink is leaking, fix it. And that's kind of, you see what I'm saying? I feel like that should be yeah. more of the, of the mindset that uh, we should have, just kind of just fix what we could fix, and then we can kind of unite that way. But I feel like we, we're kind of too separate on issues that's actually hurting us. And I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's not going to help out any group of people, though, when you're separate on issues that's actually harming yourself. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, I, 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 I definitely agree with that, man. Um, I feel like, man, in our community, like we only care yeah. about, like I, I feel like we don't genuinely care about things unless it's at home, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, unless unless it is like directly affecting us, you know, um, and then we mm-hmm. only begin, we only begin supporting and 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 caring, acting as if we care about other things that happen in our community when it becomes trendy, you know, like ain't nobody posting nothing about. You weren't posting nothing about Mike Brown or Trayvon Martin until it became a trend, and everybody else started doing right. it. It's, it's, it's kids, it's kids, it's people getting shot and killed in our own neighborhoods, and we ain't we ain't posting about them. We ain't, you know, we or, or That's what you I'm know, saying. It's, it's, it, uh, I, I, matter of fact, it was over, over the last two months. Um, it, it was a young boy, um, in my city. Excuse me. Um, Back in my city in Little Rock, there was a, there was an article that, that was released about a, a black man who um, who molested uh, who who raped a, a 14 year old boy, uh, met him on some social media site and met him um, they met somewhere he picked the boy up and had, and raped him made the boy give him oral sex and and, and made him have anal sex with him in a in a school parking lot and uh, and a police car pulled up to him with the windows were fog and, and also that was a rape rape situation um a week two weeks before that an older man got caught in a black van parked on the river um making this uh little girl that he babysits or whatever uh give him oral sex but nobody was, was making you know was was caring about that you know i saw i saw more right. folks, you know about things that that didn't directly connect to what they were going through than they did, and they shared about what was going on in their own neighborhood. Like, you know, that was in a five-minute mm-hmm. walking distance from their own houses, you know? Uh, so, yeah, man, so, so mm-hmm. we're we living in a world where we we only do what's trendy. We'll we, we reshare and we'll post what's going to get 30 likes on our pages, you know, on, on Facebook outrage. or Instagram yep. or whatever. I, I, I like exactly. that, selective outrage. Yeah. That's a shirt that's right it. there. You know what I'm saying? That's it. 
That's exactly what it is. Like, you know what I mean? It's 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 just choosing what to be mad at and when to be mad at it. And yeah. how mad we're gonna be mad at it. You know what I'm saying? But, and it's but, like but, but, you know, but, but, it, but, but all but are we really mad though? That's true. That is true. That's a that's a yeah, great like, question. Like, are we really but, but like like, like, think Yo. about it. If we were genuinely mad, when you're mad, you actually do something. Like, like, if I'm hey. if I'm mad, if I'm pissed off, I'm gonna punch. I'm gonna punch a wall, right? Uh, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and I, when I hit that wall, I'm gonna make impact. And impact makes change, right? So if I hit a wall, mm-hmm. I keep hitting the wall, I keep hitting the wall. That that wall, the form of that wall is gonna change. It's gonna become a hole in that wall, and it's gonna become different. Something's gonna happen. Because I'm mad, and and if we look at history, every time change has been has been made, is when people or a group of people have been mad. You know, the last real change that we've seen, shit, was was the civil rights movement with Martin Luther King and and Mahalia Jackson and Rosa Parks and and all those beautiful black people. That's that that was some real change. You know, Malcolm X. That was some mm-hmm. real change. But but we just doing shit. You know, and it lasts for a week because because we, you know, uh, selectively mad, uh, selectively outraged, you know, and mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, it, so it's not real mad because if it was real mad, we would stick to it long so much that we, we would put our, our our feet on the necks of of, of those exactly, those and we would keep the, until change happens. We happen. would keep the pressure exactly, and we would keep the pressure on them. You know, like yeah. you will realize, well, this is where I can really hurt you the most. Anytime someone's mad and they and they and they are on any type of agenda to to get back, they, like their whole motive is to do it where it's gonna hurt you the most. And so it's like I feel like a lot of times, like you know, we can even miss that mark because it's like, well, I don't know if, like you say, if we're really that, if we're really that mad. Because I know, I know, like you said, I know that there is power in, like you say, in something like a protest. That is true. It is power in a, yeah. in a, in a protest. It, that, like there is power yeah. in what Kaepernick is doing, as far as like kneeling. But like, there's a lot of power if you know if 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 it was more directed towards like the pockets of the league too. I mean, just imagine the players just didn't play. There's a lot of things that we could do that actually hurt and cause a lot of damage. Like you say, a lot of times we may not be as mad as we claim. And so a lot of times we may miss our mark on what could really, you know, on what could really affect. So we definitely, I didn't know we were running out of time this much. That is on me. You know what I'm saying? We are definitely uh, almost out of time. Chris, first off, man, I really appreciate you. And just real, real quick, we only got a few, few seconds. Go ahead and let the people know where they can follow you at. And, uh, yeah, you got the floor on that. Man, uh, yeah. So people, um, man, thank you for having me on. This has been a beautiful conversation, man. Uh, uh, people can follow me uh, on Chris James Journey. Uh, as far as my Instagram, the website is the ChrisJamesJourney dot com. I hope that everybody who's listening today will, will definitely follow me, man, and check out my next stage play, The Odds Against Us, that's coming up. Uh, and also, um, uh, Rod Funky Man. Uh, I have a, an event December ninth. Uh, it's called Let's Talk Live, where we'll be having conversations very similar to this. Uh, where we'll be talking about mental okay. health in the black community and and all of that good jazz, and that's on my all on my Instagram too. Uh, that's happening next Saturday, so I hope you can make it, man. Okay. Uh, YouTube links and everybody. Uh, so Chris James Journey, um, please follow, man. Stay connected, everybody. 
Hey, man. Hey, we appreciate you for coming on, man. Like you say, man, definitely much peace to you, much love. All the listeners, everyone that was tuned in tonight, we really appreciate you. I really feel like this conversation was, you know, was needed. Uh, it was a good one. You know what I mean? Got pretty deep. We definitely went there. We kept it funky. That's what we do, man. Each and every oh, Friday yeah. night right there on Home Team Radio. Dot com, man, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, man. Y'all stay tuned for next week, episode 87. Make sure y'all stay real, stay blessed, and stay out of the way, man. Chris, we'll talk to you, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah.